UFOs, Bigfoot, paranormal input. Go ahead now, get mystical. Mystery and magical. UFOs, not typical. Bigfoot, not typical. You ask me why I'm skeptical. I say questions are questionable. Is the truth alien to you? Alien to get my message through. Aliens might message you. Aliens are sliding through. The wild signal we're plotting to. Algorithms they find is true. Typical. Skeptic. Shut Got no time for no petty germs, pandemic, a pandemic turn, horror still in Amityville, Bayonet in Gettysburg, Mothman, TNT, Factory, Red Eyes, Loki, Dogman, Howling in the Street, I'm typically skeptic of what I see, Voodoo Hoodoo in New Orleans, Thunderbird, Swamp Thing, is it real, I was wondering, typical, skeptic, show, typical, skeptic, show. Yeah. I'm excited to be here with you. Thank you for having me. I, I thank you, and sorry I buffed, buffed that that intro, intro. But we're what we're gonna do now, guys, is we're gonna watch the 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 intro video to Indy's um to Indy's course, her star seed course, if it'll play, and um and yeah, just enjoy this, and then we'll we'll talk about it afterwards. Might want to crank crank the volume up just a little bit. It can go up more. Rob, can you see the chat right now? I can see. No, I can't see the chat. Okay. looks like we got rocks rachel in the house and libby oh, i just went to your cool. i just went to your channel on my phone so i could see the chat <laughs>
So I can't hear you, Rob. I was muted, sorry. Okay. Um, I was going to say that we're doing a three-part interview series on my channel about the course. Uh, I already interviewed Pink Bell Aloha. I'm interviewing you today. And then right after this, I'll interview Lightstar. I'll post that tomorrow. So tell us more about the course. Like, what made you want to put this together? Um, well, thank you so much for asking me that question. And I just wanted to say to everybody watching as we were coming through, I think we were having a little bit of a sound issue with the video. So the intro of the video, I don't think came through fully. And I want to say that me and Rob tried to do, do this last minute with this video particularly. So um, apologies if it didn't come through completely in terms of sound. Yeah. And also but, I had to work today. Like I just got off work at three o'clock or, or, you know, three o'clock Eastern. So I've only been home for like an hour. So we really haven't had time to like set this up. Like, yeah, you know, so if you guys can bear with us, like we're, we're trying. Yeah. We, we didn't have time to do too much technical uh, settings and stuff to, to tinker with everything to make sure it came through. Right. But um. Yeah, I'm so excited to be doing this course with Pink Bell Aloha and Lightstar. Um, essentially, I actually selected them personally because I knew that they were very strong and empowered divine feminines that were truly anchoring raw galactic code and authentic galactic code. So they are basically portal or gateway receivers to that energy. Um, and so I knew that I needed to put a starseed course together. I knew that this was the next phase of evolution in terms of what I guess I personally am building. Cause what I talk about a lot on my channel is grid work. And I talk about the, um, spiritual practice of grid work and I teach about it a lot. And I also offer grid work sessions for people to get involved in. So if they want to actually do remote sessions, if they want to do boots on the ground location work in terms of those sessions, or if they want to do um, just even just develop it on a personal level, whatever it is, but I offered and did the grid worker facilitator course recently. Um, but, but why I wanted to go to a starseed course is because um, it's kind of like the, there's many processes in the development of Ascension. And so celestial awakening or celestial consciousness, which is what starseed consciousness is, is it's one of those phases in the development of your grid worker abilities. And so it's really important to kind of go back to this step in this process and connect and attune to the cosmic and the radial signatures of energy that really are at the base or the core structures of what is building the new earth templating inside the earth. So that's what grid worker mission is about. That's what starseed mission is about. It's about coming into the alignment and the awareness of building the new earth templating here. Yeah. I was which is say, I know people who are like, I, I had Karen McDonald on my show. She was telling me how she's going. This is kind of like grid work. She's going to places and actually you know, do recoding the water. Like she's doing something with the water then actually going to the source and recoding it. Is that almost kind of like grid work as well? Yes. Well, we all are telepathically, psychically, and energetically attuned to the land in one way or another. We are organic. Those of us who still hold the original organic templating inside of us, right? Like we are connected to the earth body. And so I've been getting a lot of messages recently that what the future evolution is, is that we are going galactic. 
we are going starseed. We are going new earth with these abilities, which activate lots of psychic abilities that are beyond the seven senses, which are beyond just the original seventh dimensional chakra system. This is going 12th dimensional chakra system, 13 to 22 dimensional consciousness awareness of that chakra system activated. And so, yeah, we're becoming superhuman. We're becoming super conscious, super aware. And I would say and, like you, me, and everybody watching this show is definitely of starseed consciousness. I think if somebody clicked on this video, they would definitely be of starseed consciousness. Like, so if people are questioning if they are, I don't think it's a question. I think if you're watching this yeah. video, you are because you, you have it in you. What would you think would you do about that? I think if you're called to the occult, the esoteric, if you're called to deeper knowledge, if you're, if you're called to, if you, if your DNA is activated, if you're going multidimensional, if you are hyper aware, if you're a sensitive or an empath, yeah, I mean, you are definitely carrying this, the signature of, of a star seed, which is just a more developed aspect of the empath or the indigo. This is hyper attunement. It really ultimately means that you're going galactic you're, or you're going galactic is means going quantum cognition. So each phase of that development of ascension is taking you deeper into the subtlety bodies of awareness, which is where you go into the genetics, you go into the proteins, you go into the 64 codons of the DNA, you go into the spectrum of your universal tree of life and the holographic reality. And you become claircognizant clairvoyant, clairaudient to that knowledge or to the awareness of that existing energy field. And so it's, there's a lot of words to define what this is. There's a lot of hats that we put on in terms of what we call ourselves or label ourselves in this, but it's really, um, it's really about going quantum in our energy spectrum field perception, which is the depth of cosmic knowledge ultimately. Yeah. I think that's fascinating. Like I'm, I'm excited for whatever is going to happen in this, in this next phase of our reality. Like, but one thing I wanted to tackle with you that we never talked about yet, and this is, it pertains to your course and everything is the galactic astrology. Cause remember I told you, I said, I had my galactic astrology done and you were like, Oh, I wrote a book on galactic astrology. And I was like, no way. And then we looked it up and you were like, yeah, I have a book out on galactic astrology. And I was like, that's so awesome. Like, can you talk about that a little bit and what kind of motivated you to write that book? Yeah, so I wrote a book called How to Read Celestial Akashic Starseed Origins. And basically I provided a methodology of how to read your own birth chart to determine what your starseed origins are. Determining the starseed origins is, again, it's a level of development in the phases of starseed consciousness. And really we are everything there is no separation, right? If we're going by the law of one. Um, and so we are everything in the universe, but um, ultimately we um, start with kind of our origins because this is what allows us to crack open the cosmic Akash. And this is what allows us to integrate more of our cosmic identity, which is imperative to deeper levels and layers of knowing who you are, right? Knowing what your tribal lineage is, knowing what your ancestral inheritances knowing what you what defines your mission here because every starseed on this earth is looking for what their mission is because that's the ascent of the starseed ability that's what we're supposed to be doing that's what the calling is 
It's a calling that allows us to transcend our human limitations and get directly into service towards the greater evolution of humanity. And so what guided me to do this was all of that, right? Because I'm seeing this bigger picture. I'm seeing this knowing, and I'm seeing what the future looks like. And I'm, I consider myself to be a vision holder of new earth. So I hold the ability to see what has to happen in terms of the development to get to new earth. I know what the gateways are, the keys are. I know what the development processes of the reality looks like inside of the earth. And so because of that, I can then implement the, the phases of what has to happen to get to that point. And so I hold the gateways open for other people. And that's what that book was about. That book was about, um, it's a process in that. And it's, it's providing people the attunement tools to get to that next evolutionary phase in their development. And it's mixed with all kinds of chaos and our humanism and all the things we still have to deal with on a 3D level. There's no denying that. That's fascinating. And then, but to understand our galactic astrology, we, we honestly have to understand our galactic history too. And you know a lot about that. Can you talk about that? And like, just kind of give us an overview of what our galactic history was or like, kind of like an idea, I mean, from your perspective. Yeah, no, thank you so much for asking that question because this is something I'm definitely gonna teach about in the course. So I really encourage anyone watching today, if you are interested in this knowledge and you want to expand upon this in a much more deeper way that to definitely come check out the course that we're doing, because I'm going to be teaching all about um, galactic history, essentially. And it's my own unique per uh, perspective of it, right? It's, it's my own channeling. It's my own research. It's the things that I've been shown over the last five years in terms of our history, um, but really what I'm seeing is this goes back to the Laniakea structures. And if you don't know about what Laniakea is, it's essentially the, um, it's what well, I call it the immeasurable angel of the cosmic womb. This is kind of the holding point of our multiverse or the cosmic multiverse. And within that, um, there is extensions of trillions of galaxies merged together. So Laniakea is beyond Andromeda. Laniakea is beyond the super colossal cluster of the Virgo, super colossal cluster, which is what the Milky Way is inside of. Laniakea is the external structure that basically holds everything together beyond anything else that we can even see. So it's kind of like the mother heart of the cosmos. And it was um, discovered in Hawaii essentially is where they took like pictures of the structure. If you were to even just Google right now what Laniakea is, it would pull up this almost like a tentacle looking thing with like neurons. It, it, that's kind of what the heart of the galaxy ultimately is. So I like to say that we are actually galaxy seeds. We're not actually star seeds. The star seeds that we have in our Milky Way or around us are the ambassadors to Laniakea system. So what you see with Arcturus, someone thinks they're an Arcturian star seeds. Okay, great, you're an Arcturian star seed. But you're actually originally from the super boots colossal system in the Laniakea system. Arcturus was just an ambassador to that nation. So there is a long descent over 200 trillion light years. So this is this is bigger than just um, star seed consciousness, but this is what I hope to ultimately teach in the course is how extensive this dynamic system ultimately is. 
Well, I, I, I hear a lot of people talk about I, I, the Lyran Wars and stuff like that. Like, yes. does this go back to that or, or does our history even go even further back? Like, It goes farther back than that. Yes. So what I'm talking about goes farther back than the Lyran Wars, but you're absolutely right. The Lyran Wars mark a pinnacle point in terms of our historical timeline trigger events. Human history is defined by timeline trigger events and honestly, an antagonistic event marker. Okay, so an unfolding of antagonistic events that have ultimately taken human beings and human consciousness, human civilization into a de-evolution, right? Like here on this earth, is it's, it's very much an enslavement in a prison system. What I've talked about on my channel recently is that we are expanding outside of that prison system in our consciousness, right? We're, we're coming to see more, but ultimately that the entire multi-cosmos is an enslavement system according to the law of one. So we can only break out of that enslavement system ultimately simultaneously at the same time as one. Okay, so it doesn't matter where we go in terms of our reincarnation. It doesn't matter what happens in terms of the cosmos because we are the law of one in terms of the multi-cosmos. And so- Again, just kind of keeping that in mind. But um, yeah, in terms of what created humankind here in the Milky Way, it didn't ultimately start with the Lyran Wars. It ultimately started, um, I would say, 10 to 13 billion years ago with the Andromedan events, because what created the Milky Way and what created Andromeda was through collision events that took place, essentially. And those collision events... Um, spiraled through celestial filaments they connected our core structures from the milky way system to the andromeda system so you can think of it as a sister system or even as a mother system but we have interconnecting spiral celestial filaments of energy an electrical grid a cosmic multiverse electrical grid that connects us to that system which ultimately built the structures inside of our planetary body to what holds together the fourth dimensional planetary gate system of giza and also Sirius B to Andromeda. That's our most active incarnational gate route on the earth that goes previous to the Lyran Wars. Because of that, that whole system. Giza? Can you say that again? Because sometimes you, you're you so advanced, like you, you, you blows past me. Like I, I want to understand it. So it's something from Giza that goes to Sirius B to, how did you say Andromeda. That? Andromeda. Andromeda. So those are our incarnation points. These, this is the most active incarnational stargate route on the earth. Yes. That goes back transcendent 150, I want to say million years. This is prior even to the Lyran Wars. The Lyran Wars take a lot of the like like this was it, this was the beginning of humankind. It wasn't the beginning of humankind. It was the beginning of the development of the Elohim. The Lyrans brought forth the six spheres of the Elohim inside of the earth body. Okay, so the Lyrans represent this basically. Um, there are many other systems and many other nations and many other angelic aspects of this that are involved in the development of humankind. The Seraphi or the Seraphim, go back even further to that because they are connected to the dragon or the draconic systems um also the serpent systems which were actually the original progenitor races that actually go back to the dinosaur so this is why i'm calling it back 150 million years yeah because this is actually kind of the original point 
there's a researcher from uh, Britain, his name is Pierre Sabak. He talks about like that there were two like angel races, which one was like the seraphim and one was the cherubim. And I don't know if this meshes with anything you have to say, like, uh, but I'm just saying, and he said one was like a reptilian angel and one's like a human angel. Does that mesh with anything like with what you're saying or is that like, is that different? No, I mean, no, it definitely comes into play because what I have come to see is that the there was a lot of um we call them invader races right like the draco system um people don't understand that there was warfares going on in the draco system even prior to the lyran wars okay so we had the omicron draco so the anunnaki draco warfare was actually going on prior to the lyran wars that's why and how the lyran system could have been invaded because if you think about that timeline marker of the lyran wars they're talking about the orion wars they're talking about orion invading lyra well how could there have been invasion if there was an already nation set up in accordance to that development of building those networks building those societies building those galactic organizations that were able to infiltrate lyra in the first place that clearly tells us an indicator that this goes back even further so yes, in terms of the development of the human species, this is genetic modification going back 150 million years, coming down from the Draco systems, the serpents, the seraphim lines, and ultimately creating reptilian humanoids, which came from Draco Omicrons. This was, this was some of the original things that had happened. Um, and so, yeah, it's a lot that's gone on, that's for sure. I don't have the exact definition. I just know that there are particular events that have taken place that have created the descendancy to what we are today. It's a lot of manipulation of the pre-human body, like the pre, um, what are they called? Like the, um, our pre-human ancestors. That was what was genetically modified. That was what was genetically manipulated, going back to even the Neanderthals. Well, okay, that's so. what I mean. Were, were we a spinoff of them or were like, and, and then I wanted to ask you who the Elohim and the Seraphim Yeah, I mean, are. absolutely. If you took a, if, if I took a DNA sample right now and submitted off to something, they would find like 0.5 or 1% of my DNA would be Neanderthal. Yeah, because we were, they all mixed in like, do we even have Cro-Magnon in us too? Or because it seems like what, what was weird about Cro-Magnon is they kind of like just, they, they kind of go off the scene. They're like, um, what's the word? Like they disappeared, like not like the mines did, but they might've went extinct or something like that. Like, you know, like I wonder why that happened, but then, then you see the, the human man start to flourish like us, the Adamic yeah. man. And yeah. I wonder who planted the, and cause I really feel like the Adamic man or the, the Adamic man, Adamic, however you want to say it was planted here, you know? Cause like, we don't, we don't do well with this earth. Like we're up against gravity, like everything is like our bodies aren't meant for this earth i don't feel like so like do you feel like we were um we were put here and do you think the earth was terraformed i was just rechecking the check on on what we're doing right now so i could see what's coming through um that, yeah we've had category. we've had many different evolutions of of the earth that have been wiped out according to cataclysms and floods i mean the the dryers event which took place 12,000 years ago. I mean, that was a real flood 
through meteorite impact that happened. I think it happened, uh, the impact took place. Um, well, there was multiple events of it actually, but um, I believe it was like Greenland or Iceland, which was where the meteorite impact struck. And then also down in the Yucatan as well, um, that took out the dinosaurs. There was like a whole event that took place, right? Um, I think this has happened multiple times on this earth. So we really have to be able to fathom the spectrum that goes back billions and billions and billions of years, which is really, really mind blowing. Like we have to really open up the, the, the crystal seals of our DNA to be able to see this. Um, but yeah, the earth has been terraformed multiple times and there are certain lineages, genetic lineages that have mastered the mechanics of this earth. You know, the Dracos, the reptilians, the reptilian hominoids, these, these are the, these are actually the oldest and most ancient lineages here. These are the subterranean genetics that have flourished here. They are the progenitor races here. And people don't like to hear that people, people don't want to hear that because it sets up this predisposition of darkness or evil because there's so much associated to that. But as star seeds, that's what we are here to do is to hold a place of neutrality and um, ultimately be able to look at our genetic integration and descendancy here to embody what was predisposed in terms of nefarious or even um, degradational DNA or even junk DNA. And we activate that. And then we filter through what those distortions are and we actually clear the genetic distortions. That's what star seeds do. So we're, we're clearing the templating going back 150 million trillion, 200 trillion years because we're infinite beings, we're eternal beings. And our DNA within those 64 codons has the ability to, to um, hypertune to those and then um, clear the distortions within that. And um, so there's no fear in any of this, just so you know, just like anybody watching, if you fear this information, um, try to look at it from a place of neutrality uh, because the reptoids or the reptilian species were like the first worshipped species here on this earth as gods. It was the star seeds and the integration that came here through the Pleiadians, through the Syrians. These were actually the invaders, to believe it or not. And I, and I know this is like really throwing a wrench into the whole story here. But the light beings that came in here came in to evolve the human soul spirit body of the DNA to actually create us into these angelic beings. Okay, the merging of the Pleiadian body that came in during the Lemurian timeline, it came in to ultimately anchor that original soul spirit body here and transform, but it merged into a serpent templating, original divine serpent templating, because Hydra was also one of the progenitor races that came here. Prior to Lyra, believe it or not, the serpent races. We never talk about this. Why do you think all of that serpent knowledge is demonized in the Bible? Why do you think when we go back to, you know, some of these major stargates down in South America, that all we see is serpent symbolism everywhere? That's all that there is. It's the serpent knowledge is huge. And it went like the, from what we know of, it was like, I know Chris Hardy writes about it in Wars of the Anunnaki. She says that it was called like Enki's serpent symbol, like the divine knowledge. And supposedly Enki handed it down to his son, Nishida, who we could also say was Thoth. And Thoth fled Egypt because he was in a conflict with Marduk. And he went, if you, this isn't just Sishin, this is like more like through the tablets. And 
and then he goes to you know south america and sets up shop there and then you see this it was like the occult of the serpent it was like the brotherhood of the serpent mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is you have the same info yeah well it's gone multiple different ways you know That's we have the, i would love to know like yeah the true original serpent teachings go back to Mu, and we talked about this last time we had our show I'm so engaged right now in this conversation. I have to tell you, <laughs> it's, it's, it's fascinating. It really oh, is. It's I intense it's, at the same time. Yeah, it is. We're doing a really good, I mean, this turned out really well. Yeah. Well, I told you we would be good because we can free flow this stuff because I think you, you yourself, you've interviewed so many amazing people on your channel that mm-hmm. it's got to have literally installed so much insight into you. You know, so you can counter this conversation, which is amazing. And that's why I love talking to you. And that's why I love coming on your show. Oh, thank you. That means a lot. That really does mean a lot. I, I appreciate that. Wow. Thank you. Yeah, of course. It's it's amazing to talk to people who have galactic mind awareness. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I, I'm more like, I know a lot about the Anunnaki. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm, I'm, I don't know as much about the galactic stuff as you. I'm more about like... The Anunnaki, I know a little bit about Galactic. I know a little bit about the Lyran Wars and stuff like that. But like, I'm, I want to learn more. Like, you know, like for example, what was interesting was like when uh, when those girls, the really nice, like Dawn and uh, Sum- Sumati did my, um, or Sumati, however she pronounced it, they did my Galactic chart. They were saying I was from Spica. And I didn't understand mm-hmm. that. Like, I don't, I don't understand what Spica is. Is that like a humanoid race? Spica is a not so much. I mean, they are a smaller soul collective here on the earth. Um, they are a very angelic race. So they are more, I want to say sixth to ninth dimensional. Um, they are a sister star to Arcturus. Arcturus is also a very angelic system as well. There's not as much in terms of like human incarnation here. They're very much shape shifters. Um but uh, Spica is a very abundant star. I think it sits on the markers of Virgo. Um, I believe it is in the, um, so if you have Spica, you would have some Virgo markers basically in your star seed chart. But um, Spica is a star that is known for a lot of abundance and also a lot of harvest uh, and wealth. It's known for wealth. It's known for popularity and fame. Um, people who carry a lot of speak, speak, I usually rise to fame like very quickly. So it's all about your, um, you know, the placements of that also within your chart as well. Like, where does it sit in terms of your astrological planetary positions, um, how it kind of impacts your cosmic identity, but yeah, it's, it's a very unique system and that it's, um, they, they are wanting to incarnate here more. They are working towards that. Um, but I don't think it's as much as a big of a soul group as some of the other ones are that are here. That's fascinating. Now, b- back to this brotherhood of the serpent or the serpent knowledge, you said this goes back to Atlantis and Mu. Now we talked about this a little bit last time, but mm-hmm. how far does the serpent knowledge go back? And was it Anki or who who was it that started it? I don't think it was Anki who started it. I think it was the wisdom keepers of Mu, which was the Nakal people. And the Nakal people had their original tablets, which were the, you know, original people of Mu, the original motherlands, which goes back further than Lemuria. And this is where the actual civilization of humanity originally began to flourish. When that knowledge was lost and Mu sank, it went to 
uh, Kudnam Kamari in India, and which is where a lot of the knowledge from the Nepal people went. Um, and so that's why we have so much serpent cults ideology in the southern tip of India, the Dravidian people, the Tamil people, these were the last and most recent true serpent wisdom culture that had um, resided. But ultimately, I think the serpent wisdom went into, again, because I think this goes back 150 million years to the, the draconian empire that the serpent or the reptilian mind body came and descended down from the seraphim soul bodies, which were these greater spheres of emanations of angelic bodies that were around the earth, that they descended through these lines, that there was some sort of fracture that happened between the dragon lineages and the serpent lineages. That happened during the timelines of Mu and then infiltrated through the timelines of Lemuria. Okay, and so... I don't think it was Anki. I personally believe, and not everybody's going to agree with this, but I believe that the scriptures of ancient Hindu text precede the scriptures of Anki and Enlil. Oh yeah, the Vedas, they do. The Vedas, they, they, yeah. They do by like thousands of years, right? They're they're yeah. they're they're really I, I I have a couple of people that come on my show that talk about that, but I'm not real well versed in them. I mean, I know the characters like Krishna and Shiva and Buddha and you know, um, but like, um, I'm not real well versed, like, but they, they have a fascinating culture that even goes back to like ancient aliens where they talk about the Vimanas that they used to fly and stuff like that. Like it, those are, those are, those are fascinating texts. I got to get into that a little bit more. Like, um, I'd, I'd like to read the Mahabharata. I think it's, I believe it's called, I haven't read yeah. that yet. Yeah. Yeah, um, so this is like where that serpent descent ultimately came down and through. Like the original Anangu people, even in Uluru in Australia, you know, it was the Pleiadian spirit body that merged with the serpent body that created that. Um, because the serpent body was representing the more of the physicality. And um, so that the, they merged together. So the progenitors of the Pleiadians were even the Hydra systems. Okay, the serpent systems, which are is a very large constellation that ultimately rides on the southern hemisphere that spans three different constellation systems, goes through Cancer, goes through all the way to October to Libra, from Cancer to Libra. Okay, so this is like the mother progenitor race that was infused with other systems, the Syrian systems, um, the Pleiadian systems, and again, started this great descent that I think probably came in during the time of the Mayan invasions. And then what unfolded from there was the Sumerian and Babylon um, timelines um, going into the Egyptian and Sumerian timelines. And so, yeah, there's so much history, right? There's like, if we could put this on a timeline, it's, that's ultimately what I'm doing right now. As I prepare for this course, I'm trying to break down all of this stuff that I've known and have came in information of and breaking down this systematic timeline so people can understand what the galactic history actually looks like, you know, from this most accurate record that I could personally find. And it's really, really important as you become galactic yourself, as you become stepping into starseed consciousness, starseed awareness, is that you integrate cosmic Akashic history because this can really help define 
the totality of our existence here and also where we're going and what it means to be human in this day and time, right? Like what this means to hold this knowledge right now. Like there's so much that is um, happening here. And when we, when you're able to access this, um, we're able to um, bring more of the new earth available to us and be able to build that reality. And so all of these things matter though, because I mean, what happened in the Sumerian and Egyptian invasion, this was really the timeline that they learned how to modify and manipulate the magnetic field of the planet. This is when amnesia actually became an issue for human beings because they had technology and that's when beast machine technology was implanted essentially. What do you, um, what do you mean beast machine? What's, what's that like the reset, the soul recycling trap or what? Oh, definitely that. Um, but there's also mechanics that go behind it, which are technologies inside of the earth that they've placed. One is um, rod and pole manipulation and tampering. So they've actually tampered the rod. They've, they've tampered the main staff. Um, obviously, their weather modification and tampering with the sun. Um, there's also things called planetary branding which is where they can actually go to heightened energy centers on the earth. And they actually install iron rods of particular geometric symbols to control that landmass emanation or energy field around that. There's also um, particle accelerators. So CERN, people think CERN is like some big, amazing thing, but this is actually a technology that came from the Sumerian Egyptian timeline as well. Particle accelerators have been on earth forever. And for a long time, going back like 10,000 years ago, that's what they do to weaken the magnetic field. And that's what creates amnesia in the human species is to weaken the magnetic field. That's what wipes the memory field completely. And if you were to even Google and look up and research particle accelerators, there's over like two to 500 of these all over the earth. CERN is not the only one. Well, is, is, would you say that CERN, CERN is definitely manipulating timelines? Is that what they're doing? Yes. Do they, do they yes. even know they're doing it? Well, that's the thing is the humans that are, you know, dedicated to the implementation of this, they don't understand what they're working for. They don't understand the higher forces of intelligences that are directing that knowledge. So no, they don't know what it is. They're just doing, they're just doing what's told what's coming down from the command center of hierarchy of cosmic global infiltration of what these other systems want to do here on this earth, which is to dominate the timelines and to manipulate and control the ones that are on top of this, like the elite, the Illuminati, the, the cabal, like all of this, they are the ones that have the keys to immortality. You know, they have the keys to this knowledge you know, a lot of this stuff was taken from the burning of the 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 library of Alexandria. I mean, there's reasons why certain things happen throughout history. So that way, you know, all of this information could be stolen and basically wiped out from underneath humanity. So that way they don't know what's happening ultimately with their species here. But um yeah, this is um it's it's a big deal, isn't it? We well, know <laughs> it lot. is because like I think we have to know where we came from and what's really going on with our reality to 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 properly if we're talking about ascension and if we're actually going to ascend or go to an a, go to the, a fifth density or even expand our consciousness or expand our awareness. Like say somebody doesn't believe totally in the whole fifth dimension thing, which is okay. I'm skeptical, but you can at least believe in expanding your awareness. And this is the best time in the world to expand 
expand your awareness, right? And but if you're going to expand your awareness, you have to know where you came from and your real history and the real reality of what's going on here. All right. I mean, yes. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to be in the fifth dimension to ultimately understand the the descendancy of, of our galactic history and all of the historical timeline trigger events that have taken place to create that where we are today. Yeah. And, and and it's extensive what's happened. I mean, it's it's very extensive. I mean, we talk about the invasions that happened in Saqqara, the wormhole and the black hole systems here. You know, all of this stuff is still very active. There's a lot of false information, a lot of false light, a lot of um, things that propagate through. I personally feel the Galactic Federation. I've never been someone who's been like, oh, Galactic Federation, because I think it's a controlled opposition and narrative. Um, so I don't subscribe to the information that comes through that stuff. Anything that's promoting technologies of AI is promoting um, the warfare that's come against the organic human templating here on this earth. You know, I'm talking about the med beds and all the stuff that they talk about and believe in. And it's really, um, to me, it's it's um, the Tothian invasion. So a lot of the Galactic Federation are Tothian bodies. That's what they're connected to is they're working with Toth through his little Merkaba that flies throughout space. And they're, um, they're working with fallen ascended master knowledge, essentially. Um, and this is still coming through the frequency of greed and infiltration and invader technology to implement and to push forward the um, agenda of AI. And so, um, yeah, I don't really subscribe to that stuff. I've been vocal with you about that before. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't really know much about it. I don't, I'm not, I don't, I don't get involved really. I, I you know, I just, yeah. don't, I just like, you know, but um, is there anything else you wanted to cover before we finish up for today? Just that if anyone is interested in learning about this, we're putting together the course container event, which I'm so excited to bring forward. It's going to be a four day, uh, 20 hour course with two of the most beautiful souls. And we're going to be teaching everything from galactic history to ascension mechanics, to light language, to having three galactivations. So really expanding people's fields. So if you are looking for the next galactivation attunement, that's what we'll be doing. We will be focusing solely on expanding the field. So, you know, you definitely wanna be grounded coming into this because this is gonna be a high elevated container event that will expand you into the galactic realms. There's like no doubt about this. So um, I look forward to, to hosting this and bringing all of this information forward. And I look forward to everybody who's going to attend. And I just can't wait to do this because we're really right now, because of everything that happened with the UAPs, right? Everything recently that happened, current events, those were guardian interventions. Okay. That was, that was an awakening event that happened. So many, many new star seeds are coming online. Many new people are coming into this community for the very first time. There was an accelerative thrust and wave that took place and occurred. And so we are really trying to help those souls that are going through that. So that way they can, you know, integrate all of this information and, and truly see the totality of their cosmic existence here. But yeah, thank you so much. I really appreciate the time that 
um, you gave me to come on and talk oh, on no, your channel your, today. This was great. I got to go talk to Lightstar right now next. But this is this was uh this is fascinating. I'm gonna stop the YouTube stream. I I think I just stopped it. I'm not sure. Like, I I don't know. Like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I think I'm gonna can you, since we were recording this, can you actually send it to me? I'll put it on my channel too. Yeah, I'll put it. On, I'll send it through WeTransfer after I'm done with the the next interview. But uh, thanks, Indy. And this was fun. Uh, and I'll, I'll talk to you soon. Okay. All right. Take care. All right. Have a good night.